Welcome to the Top 5. Each week I discuss my top 5 takeaways from the NASCAR race. This week, Nashville Super Speedway. Hello and welcome to the Top 5. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Connor. And these are my top five takeaways from this week's NASCAR race at Nashville Speedway. But before I get into that, I would like to invite you to check out my Patreon and my Facebook page. Both can be found at patreon.com forward slash the top five. And on Facebook, just search the top five, all spelled out. Don't use the number five, spell out the word. Jump on one of those two pages, comment, let me know what you think about my thoughts on the race. Agree, disagree, let's just have a fun conversation about NASCAR. This is meant to be a quick podcast, about 15 to 20 minutes, where I share my thoughts, and I really would enjoy hearing yours. So without any further ado, let's get into this week's top five. Number one. So as we reach the halfway point of the season, it's that time of year where we switch from coverage on Fox to coverage on NBC. And it is so abundantly noticeable how much worse NBC's coverage is. They must be losing money is the only way I can make sense of it. Because I know in NASCAR, everything is sponsored, every segment, every uh, everything has a corporate tie to it. But on NBC, it is so in your face the entire time. And they do so many more commercial breaks than Fox does. They must be lacking for money. It's the only thing I can think of. The commentators are fine. I've mentioned in previous podcasts, I don't love Rick Fox. He he seems very forced, but I'll give him this. He's knowledgeable. He knows how to call a, vo- a race. His, his voice is my issue, and it's really just a personal preference type thing. Uh, Jeb Burton and uh, Dale Jr. are great. Um All of the commentators they have are great. But, I mean, on the parade laps, they went to commercial break. Nashville is a 1.33-mile track. So, I mean, they call it a super speedway, but it's not that big. What do they do, three or four parade laps, maybe? I get it when you're at Talladega and the parade laps take forever. But... They went to commercial during the parade laps. That just stuck out to me. Moving on from there, Nashville is a great city. It is a just bucket loads of fun. If you haven't been to Nashville, I strongly recommend it. I think it's great that Nashville has a race. It not only has the fan base to support a good race, but it has the tourism and the desire to visit um you know where i live mis is an awesome track but there's not a lot of reasons to come here other than to go to the race you can spend four or five days in days in nashville have a great time and also catch a race that's pretty darn cool uh it, it 
was super hot. I think the feels like temperature at time of green flag was 103 with a real feel inside the car of 135 degrees. That was wild. I think they might need to consider making the Nashville race either spring or uh, fall when, when it's a little cooler. Or I have another option for the race that I'll get into later. And then lastly, my number one point is, is all pre-race, obviously. Um, in qualifying, Kyle Busch spun and had to start in the rear. And initially, watch, watching the beginning of the race, there's nothing that brings me more joy than watching Kyle Busch start in the rear. Now, this race is over. We all know what happened. So that that was, uh, you know, a moot point. But I take notes watching the race as it's unfolding and, and try to report it in my mindset as I saw it happening at that time. So uh, at that time, I was stoked to see that. So let's get on to my next point, which covers the beginning and middle portions of the race. Number two. So the race got going and to a very pumped up uh, crowd. Uh, And there wasn't a ton of excitement early. There was concern that the... um, that the rain was going to hit. And apparently they had announced that um, they were going to start the race early. I didn't know that because I didn't watch the pre-race show because I didn't know where the pre-race show even was to be found. Apparently it was on the Peacock app. But I tuned into the network to find the race starting the minute they went live, which was fine. Um But the 48 had issues early, and then shortly thereafter, he was out, which was a bummer. It was a bummer to see the 48 out. He's had such a great start to the season, and uh, has kind of been quiet since. We'll see if he can turn it around mid-year, or at the end of the year. Then the race was stopped for lightning. And a lot of discussion during the lightning break on how um, how things would be handled, pit stop strategy-wise. Um, everyone pitted. Joey Logano took two tires and started on the front row and then struggled all day. But the amazing thing to watch was Kyle Busch. I hate talking positive about this guy. But he literally drove through the field. I kept watching uh, the positions. And every time he would pass two, three cars, almost every lap. It was like when you're playing a video game, but you have it on the lowest settings so you can just dominate. It was insane to see. Uh, Then the rains came. The skies opened up. And NBC did their best coverage during the rain delay. And then at the very end, they said, oh, this might be, uh, this might come back on USA. Bye. I was like, wait, wait, what? 
hold on now, but back the train up. They, they just sort of blurted it out. It, it may be tomorrow. It may be USA by. It made no sense. But thankfully, I live in a world with a, a smartphone, so I was able to look it up. And it was going to come back on USA. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. won stage one. And uh, and then there was the long rain delay, which leads me to my next point. Number three. So after the long rain delay and learning that I actually have USA Network, because I don't watch anything else on there, um, I got they got back into the race in stage two. Uh, and interesting, the race went to rain delay uh, like five laps before the halfway point. Had they made five more laps, they may have just called this race and... That would have been that. Thankfully, it didn't. So around 10 p.m. Eastern time, the race got going again. And for most of stage two, there was just great racing. The 11 and 19 were side by side or nose to tail for the majority of stage two. They raced clean. They raced hard. It was great to see. Kyle Larson was... Uh, in third, battling to try and get up to them. They did make a comment, though, that um, Kyle Larson currently has a, uh, a suspended crew chief for losing a tire. But apparently he was um, he was communicating to the team remotely. So he was at Hendrick Motorsports watching the race from their command center and making calls to the team. It doesn't sound like much much of a suspen- suspension to me. I, I tried to do some research on it and figure out more of, like, was this real? or? And I guess in this day and age of technology, you can't really stop people from messaging But what is the point of the suspension if in real time the crew chief can still do their job remotely? And I think the suspension is too harsh anyway. A four-week suspension to a crew chief for something that's really out of their hands anyway seems ridiculous. And by out of their hands, I mean they're not the one putting the lugs on. They can advise their tire changers to make sure it's on correct all they want. But ultimately, if the tire changer makes a mistake, a crew chief is out for four weeks. Seems harsh, but those are the rules. So they're either out or they're not. I don't understand this calling a race from a command center type thing, but whatever. It is what it is. Uh, I was curious watching stage two, how many fans actually stayed. Uh, Because it was packed in stage one to start the race. And I, I seemed it to be almost intentional that I couldn't figure that one out. 
I mean, the, the thought popped in my head and for maybe 15, 20 laps, I kept trying to get a, a look at the, um, stands and the camera angles had changed. If you watch stage one, every camera angle, you can see the race in the stands. And at the end of stage two, after the long rain delay, it was difficult to see how many people had stayed. But uh, eventually I figured it out and it was, it was pitiful. I mean, it was a long rain delay. I don't blame any fan, especially those with kids, uh, to not stay. That That's just common sense um mj mjt or mtj i'm sorry won stage two looked like he was on route to an early domination uh 97 laps to go blaney had a spin hit a great save um other notables 43 to go busher lost a wheel mid green flag pit stops um, nine to go. The caution came out for a blown motor after an incredible restart. Chase Elliott went on to, to win the race. Congrats to him. Uh, I think one thing that really stood out to me is how much the track came alive in the evening. I don't know if it's the concrete or the heat or what, but once the the lights came on and maybe the little bit cooler temperatures the racing was outstanding and i think that nascar should look to move this to either a night race or a uh evening race in the summer i think that would make a huge huge difference and at the conclusion of the race, that meant that there were nine races left with the playoffs until the playoffs start, which brings me to my fourth takeaway from the race. Number four. So with the win by Chase Elliott, that's jumped him to number one in the playoff standings. Chastain two, William Byron three, Joey Logano four, and Denny Hamlin five. All five of those drivers have two wins and either 12 or 13 playoff points. Those five drivers are clearly the five uh, locked in, without a doubt, contenders this year. Uh, From 6 to 12... Uh, you have Larson, Kurt Busch, Daniel Suarez, Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, Austin Sendrick, and Chase Briscoe all have one win and six to seven uh, playoff points. Now, some notables, Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, Alex Bowman, uh, I, I think are locks. There's nine races to go, even if we have different winner in nine of those races, you know, other than the already teams that have already won. I think those guys will probably secure themselves uh, based on their consistent performances. It's the last four spots uh, that are concerning Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex Jr., 
Christopher Bell, and Kevin Harvick. Now, Ryan Blaney is way up in points. He's plus 112. If there were no changes, if the drivers who have already won a race continued to win a race for the next uh, 12, or even if, even if there's, you know, two new winners and only two drivers make it on points, it seems that Ryan Blaney will be one of those drivers that makes it on points. Uh, he's been consistent week to week. That said, it seems unlikely that we're going to get through the next nine races without him getting a win. I would say the same about Martin Truex Jr. and Kevin Harvick. Um, but Ryan Blaney's consistency is why I think he he has to, to cash one in eventually. Trix is also high on points with 73 to the positive, but anything could happen. And then there's Christopher Bell and Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick is in one of the worst spans of his career. Uh, one of two things has got to happen to him. He's either going to break through, get a, a win, and turn things around, or continue south and pack it up and hope for a good 2023 it will be interesting to watch i look forward to uh keeping track of it and reporting it and i would love to hear what you guys think share your thoughts now let's look forward to uh next week's race number five so next week, we are going to Road America in Wisconsin. And I'll be honest, it's the least excited I get for a race all year. Road America is my least favorite uh, racetrack. It's too long. It's four miles in length. The stages are super short. The whole race, I guess... Time-wise, the race is standard, but I don't know the amount of laps off the top of my head, but the stages are super short. And on any track, there's only so many, especially road courses, there's only so many passing opportunities. And when you, you're limiting the amount of passing opportunities, which means you're limiting the amount of excitement. I just think... I think there was a major push four or five years ago for more road courses. And the result of that was NASCAR went overboard with too many road courses. And some of them are just no good. Uh, for example, Road America and Coda. Those two need to be off the schedule as soon as possible. And I feel bad for the people of Wisconsin. The, the area would clearly support a race and the fans show up in droves for this race which is bad news for me meaning they're not going to get rid of it anytime soon but i just don't think that this is the track there has to be a different track in wisconsin that could support a race that would be anything better than road america the racing there is not exciting uh i'll be out of town and 
I'll probably just catch the highlights. I, I'm not that excited to watch it. If I have to give a prediction, uh, I guess I'll say Chase Elliott because he's the road course king. And he seems to be the type of guy in team that gets hot. So they just won. Let's see if they can go two for two. And uh, bet your house that he does. If he does, chip me off 10%. If he doesn't, you shouldn't have gambled that much anyway. So that's my top five for this week. I really appreciate you taking the time to check it out. Uh, don't forget to go to my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the top five. Search the top five all spelled out on Facebook and share your thoughts with me. Let me know what you think. Let's have a conversation. Thanks again for checking me out. This has been the top five. I'm coming.